Oliver Wendell Holmes once said, There is no time like the old time when you and I were young. In a way, this describes my days during World War II. I became engaged in a task that was not of my making, but one that I felt a duty to perform to the best of my ability. However, for this, there was a price to pay, more for some than others. I will always remember those days, some with pleasure, but too many with pain and tears. Some days I, too, remember more than others. I wrote this book about what happened to me during our struggle against the oppressive Nazi regime of Germany for Allied air supremacy over Europe during the war. By writing this, I have tried to give an account of events that happened to others and me while serving in the U.S. Army Air Corps at that time. All of the material in this book is from notes and documents that I saved or were given to me over the past 50 years. World War II was the biggest struggle against tyranny in the 7,000 years of the world's recorded history. It involved 70 nations of the world and more than 100 million people. One out of every 20 human beings on earth was involved in the war, with over 10 million people killed. This great war, fought on land, on the sea, and in the air, had produced the greatest armies, navies, and air forces that the world had ever known, and most likely will never see again. The European battlefields for Allied airmen during the war were high in the sky, deep in enemy territory. The air war with Germany was the most continuous part of World War II. From the Battle of Britain on, it rose to epic proportions and remained so until the war's end. With America's entry into the conflict, the war took on even greater proportions with round-the-clock aerial bombardment. The 8th and 15th bombed Germany by day, and the Royal Air Force, RAF, Bomber Command by night, even though a terrible price was paid. More than 150,000 Allied airmen lost their lives, with 50% of those who bailed out and survived wounded. Approximately 45,000 became prisoners of war of the Third Reich. Every flyer that fell captive into enemy hands experienced the ordeal of escaping from an aircraft mortally damaged, about to go out of control, or about to explode. Most of them only had seconds in which to react in order to save their lives. Some aircraft exploded instantly in balls of fire when hit, and others would roll over and start a long, downward spiral motion, trapping those inside and sending them to their fiery deaths. Then some were lucky, and the pilot was able to keep the badly damaged aircraft on a fairly straight and even course so that the surviving crew could bail out. The capture of an airman was uniquely perilous. He was usually alone, frequently dazed and injured. Unlike captured soldiers and sailors captured by enemy soldiers and sailors who had shared the same life-threatening experience, the hostile action set upon him by the local population had been inflamed by the provocative rhetoric of their leaders. Any American airman who became a prisoner of war of the Third Reich after March of 1944, until the end of the war, had to endure some of the worst deprivations of their lives. There were primarily four POW camps, Stalag Luft I, 
Stalag Luft III, Stalag Luft IV, and Stalag Luft VI were for Allied airmen held captive in Germany. Luft I and III contained mostly Allied officers, while Lufts IV and VI, the enlisted men. In his address to Congress after the Japanese sneak attack on Pearl Harbor, President Franklin D. Roosevelt called the attack of December 7, 1941, a day that would live in infamy. Well, a day that would live in infamy for me and some 50 other men of the 460th Bomb Group was June 30, 1944. This single event marked the beginning of a heart-wrenching time in my life that I would not soon forget. My life as a POW, or Kriegsgefangenen number 6410, the codename given to me by the Germans. 